It's Shellac and Vinyl. We're here again. I'm Guy. I'm Chip. And that was Freddie Cannon doing Tallahassee Lassie. It's part of the big collection that came back west from Connecticut nearly two years ago. 1959. Was that it is? Oh, man, you've got the Google going. You are like <laughs> I'm smoking back on hot. Google. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's the first of a few more we're going to play tonight. Uh, I just want to lay it all out for you we've got uh, a good array of a good eclectic array of different genres and styles what we won't be hearing is country uh for whatever reason harvey's dad uh had very very few country records he had lots of classical lots of rock and pop a lot of jazz a lot of blues and rhythm and blues but he just didn't have much of any country well such is life. Yeah, but there's a good selection to choose from, and we're going to have way more to choose from than we will to play. <laughs> so let's get going on it. We're uh, we're going to go. We're going to go now to a '78. I think the guy's name is Chuck Miller, House of Blue Light. <laughs> Well, it's up your boots and we'll walk on down to a knock out shack on a edge of town. There's an eight feet time hole that just won't quit. Keep a walking, do you see? A blue light lit ball in there, and you'll dig some sights. And at the house, the house of blue light, there's priors. Broilers, a Detroit barbecued ribs, but the treat of the trade is when they serve you all those fine eight feet. You want to spend the rest of your brights down at the house, the house of blue lights. Just won't quit. Keep a walking till you see a blue light lit all in there. And your Dixon sight. Turn up the house, the house of blue lights. There's fryers, broilers, a Detroit barbecue rib, but the treat of the train. It's when to serve you all those fine eight feet. You want to spend the rest of your price. Then at the house, the house of blue lights. Well, please don't wear that old raccoon. 
Sweethearts of Rhythm. What wow. do you know about them? That was delightful. <clears throat> Very historically significant. The first integrated all women band. It's pretty hot. To- pretty hot tune. Too. Yeah, thirty-seven to forty-nine That's from Piney time. Woods, Mississippi. 
and they, they came from an orphanage or something like that. Is that correct? Uh, I didn't see that, but I didn't read extensively. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's... Uh, but jump... that's impressive. I mean, you know, they even made a movie about them later on. But D Why did they break up, do you know? Uh, there is something called disbanding here. I can click on that and oh, see what Oh, we're in the says. Wikipedia mode. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's hear it for the folks. Uh, among the reason given for the band's breakup was aging no way <laughs> deaths and membership members and the weariness of life on the road marriage career changes sounds like your classic uh life yeah life well that was the 78 on the guild label that was uh, what's the name of that too jump children and tiny davis was the lead vocalist all right she's big she's She's, but she's but she's not scary. What was it? Uh, she doesn't have hair down to her waist. No, she doesn't. Yeah. So <laughs> but her mama gave her something. Yeah. I'd like to read a little bit more about the International Sweethearts of Rhythm. That uh, it sounded like some pretty good stuff. Uh, except that I've already moved on. You've moved on. <laughs> but the one before that was, and and you're probably going to tell me about the one before that. Who are the other half? A kind of a uh, uh, an album that's in high demand among collectors. It's got a very cool psychedelic sound to it. That was Flight of the Dragon Lady we, we played. So do you have the album still there in your stack? Yeah, right here. Can you tell me the year on that? Well, I don't think that it actually says it on the cover. The reason I ask is, according to my research... They were a really big band of the San Francisco uh, psychedelic scene yep. in the 60s, but were rarely, their big song, something called uh, Mr. Pharmacy or something like that, Mr. Pharmacist. <clears throat> Not on this album. Uh, anyway, that... Uh, was their biggest hit, and that was released on a Nuggets compilation oh. in 1982. And that was the first time it was ever released? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing that what is so special about this album is that this band has a lot of like historical acclaim, but like no one ever knew who they, they were. They weren't, uh, they weren't uh, in, in record stores at the time. Well, this is a this okay, so I, I found a little thing that I'd printed I'm off. I'm guessing, yes. I printed it off off some website that said this album came out in 1968. It's the eponymous record, so their first one. Right. And I don't know if they have any after this, but... Well, uh, they have one with Mr. Pharmacist, I guess. Okay, so that was my question. Was the 82... You said it came out on the Nuggets in 82, but was that the first time it ever been released, or was that a re-release? Well, the Nuggets was a compilation, so... Um, like a B-side. It could be a 45 or something, you know? Anyway, that's good fodder for for later this, research. Well, I, it, I, I guess there was a vinyl LP called Mr. Pharmacist. Okay, so that's got to be like the second one then. Yeah, so there was nothing between 68 to 82. Wow. <clears throat> well, here we are. This one, uh, this, this and the record. the name of this tune was? This was uh, Flight of the Dragon Lady. And this particular record, this LP, I mean, I, I don't know, it's not in the greatest shape, but it's not in bad shape. This sold in, in 2018 on eBay for a pretty penny, $105. Wow. Yeah. So that's a, that's a nice little 
Thank you, Harvey. That's a nice collector's item. It's not going to be sold out of my collection, though. <laughs> oh. And then before that, we played uh, a song about raccoon coats. Did you remember Doing the Raccoon by the Knickerbockers, who are in reality Ben Selvin's orchestra, a, a, uh, I think a, a hot band from pre-Depression era. It did sound around that era. Yeah. It was, and it had From all, New York, I'm guessing. Pardon me? From New York, I'm guessing. Oh, un undoubtedly. Yes. Uh, and, and we started that all with- uh, You know what I got to thinking about that? doing the raccoon and and i'm sorry if i'm gonna offend a lot of people but okay. like why would the people against the fur trade be against raccoon coats i mean the rain raccoons are just like we've got a few raccoons in our alley yeah, they're all <laughs> and, around. and they're just we, like problematic we see them and we keep the dogs away from them <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, don't go over there <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> not friendly sharp claws oh yeah, yeah. anyway I, you know, rec it was a thing in the 20s. Those raccoon coats were kind of all part of the... the coonskin cap. Do you remember, uh, I think, in It's a Wonderful Life, the the rich guy yeah. Yeah, yeah. had a raccoon coat. Yeah. All right. The rich buddy. Right. Yeah, with all the fancy cars. Anyway, and before that, we started that group of songs with uh, Chuck Miller doing a 78 called House of Blue Lights. And... Don't you hear, when he sings, I hear Phil Alvin's voice. You know, I think Phil Alvin, consciously or unconsciously, has some of his vocal mannerisms. Could be. Yeah. I the didn't... lead singer of the Blasters. I thought that was Dave. No, Dave was not the lead singer Dave's of the Blasters. Dave's the guitarist. He was the guitarist. All right. Yeah. It's Phil. Phil, yeah. Uh, could be. There's House of Blue Lights, quite popular song. Uh, I think Chuck Miller's version was the big version. Well, like everybody and their brother covered it, including uh, <laughs> George Thorogood, the Andrew Sisters. Wow. You know, it was written, co-written by a guy named Freddie Slack, who was uh, a a wonderkind on the Ivories, a boogie, uh, a boogie pianist in the 40s. In fact, Little Richard references the House of Blue Lights in Good Golly, Miss Ball. Well, see, we're just, we're just, you, you, number one, are a font of, <laughs> of historical information. And number two, we are providing a service to all of That's those right. people who are looking for historical information. And for those of our fan club who are listening from the city of Indianapolis, you undoubtedly are aware of the actual House of Blue Lights on is the outskirts, a, which is a barbecue shop. No, it's a rich guy's house that oh. had uh, blue Christmas lights all year round that people thought were haunted. Oh. Now, I have no idea if there's any connection to the song. Didn't seem to be really singing about a haunted house to me. No, he sounded like he was talking <laughs> about a diner or a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway. <laughs> okay, so we didn't really give much of a lead in on what we were doing here, but this is... Part two of the of the um, I, I I alluded to it, but this is part two of the records that we brought back from Connecticut show. You didn't exactly explain that. I thought you did. Yeah, but I didn't say it was part two, and ah, all right. you know, and and this is you know. I'm, well, it's it's always good to keep our listeners up to speed. That's right. That's right. So uh, we could talk all night, and I think there I think there might have been a foreshadow that we won't hear any country. 
I don't think. I think that probably <laughs> what we've heard so far is about as close as it gets. There is rockabilly. <laughs> that's kind of a rock. Freddie Cannon was kind of a rockabilly, wasn't it? Oh, definitely rockabilly. And so was Chuck Miller a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I think that's about as close as it gets. Um, a, like I said, though, a wide array. The guy had, like, his taste in music were across the board, which I, I appreciate because so are mine. So we're gonna. Uh, this one's an interesting one, and I'm gonna talk about it a little bit because. Uh, well, we're gonna talk about it because I want to talk about it. We're. <laughs> I, I I did because, and then I thought to myself that there was no follow up to because, so now I had to follow it up. Uh, I've always loved Reflections by the Supremes. This like, I think it's reflections an Reflections of the way things used to be. Yeah, Reflections, reflections of, of you the way things. That one. Okay. And and that was in that forty five was in the the, the records and in the, the Connecticut records. In the Connecticut records, okay. and I, it was in amongst those that I was thinking we were going to play. And then in preparation for this show, kind of um, going through again and getting a good feel, you know, that, I don't know, maybe we've, maybe that's too well known for our show, which, because one of the things about our show is that we play a lot of deep cuts. So I flipped it, and I I decided, I went, oh my gosh, well, it wasn't quite like that, but oh. I decided it was well worth <laughs> listening to and so let's let's listen to a song by the supremes that i'd really never paid attention to before nor probably even heard the b-side the b-side from reflections. reflections yes let's go for it <laughs>
Skinny, can you tell me anything about the Mississippi River? Man, I can tell you about the river, man. Well, all right then. Go ahead, boy. You so easy satisfied, river man. Always drifting with the tide, river man. Got no daily work to do, got no reason to be blue. I'm afraid I envy you, river man. You can fish the whole day long, river man. You can sing yourself a song, river man. Though your home is just a barge, and your room ain't very large. Still you happy, river man. Did you ever have a gal, river man? And though she was your pal, river man. And you done her every favor, but you knew you couldn't save her. Because she broke your heart that you gave her. I can see you getting by, river man. But the trouble I've been through, river man. Lord, what I wouldn't do. But to change my place with you Everything is righteous, river man
Talking now. Banjo. Banjo. Vern L. Osman. 1908 doing. I was about to say, that sounded quite old. Maple Leaf Rag, authored by Scott Joplin. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. It was a very familiar rag. <clears throat> yes. Although I don't know if I could distinguish between a bunch of different rags. Uh, that was probably in the sting somewhere. <laughs> probably. That's is dating us, isn't it? Yeah. That guy was flying on those frets. Oh, he was doing great. Amazing. This Harvey's dad was a big banjo enthusiast. He's there's several several 78s, very old 78s with banjo music. We might play one more just because of how old it is. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> well, it, it would be great movie soundtrack music. May, may, maybe some, you know, Hollywood producer will latch on to our podcast and realize the treasure trove available at shellac and vinyl you would think i mean you think. I, I you would think that it's i mean i in fact i'm expecting it <laughs> it'll blow our nonprofit status but you know uh yeah i think we could probably work something out then again any of our listeners who want to contribute to our salaries feel free to blow our nonprofit status <laughs> All right. So well, before that was uh, Pollution. Pollution. Yeah. You ever heard of a lady singer named Tata Vega? I have not. That was her first band back in the early 70s. 
pollution. And Dobie Gray was, was the, the leader. regular. The lead regular. Singer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drift Away right. in 1973. Give me huge the beat, hit. boys. Was that? <clears throat> Give me the beat, boys. Yes. Free my soul. Yeah, yeah. Want to get lost in that rock and roll and drift away. So pollution had two records. They put out two records and then blew up but uh tata vega was around for so that was that was the first pollution album of 1970 well let's see here pretty sure okay because the second one was pollution 2 in 19 i believe in 1972 yeah i think this is 71 all right but unknown (laughs) right now uh before that wingy manone a jazz trumpeter from the golden age back in the 30s doing and he was a vocalist too and he, he kind of sounded like louis a little bit uh i think he had only one arm hmm. wingy manone doing river man on bluebird 78 and before that we had the supreme singing going down for the third time the b-side of reflection have you ever heard that song no what do you think it was pretty good. I think it was pretty good. Are you a Supremes fan normally? I am. Some of their stuff. Not all of it, but some of it for me. Uh, you, I like a lot of Supremes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say that I've ever sat down and listened to an entire Supremes, Supremes album. Oh. It's more just, you yeah. know, cuts on the radio or sure. that kind of thing. Well, um, yeah. But Reflections, 1967. Yeah. Summer of Love. So I think this is only the... got to number two though. Got stuck there for like several weeks. You know what's really interesting? You know, one of the things about I I really enjoyed watching that TV show called China Beach, and China Beach's theme song was Reflections. Right. But it's the the theme song on China Beach started after, like there's like a little bit of sound on the 45 that that they don't play on on the china beach soundtrack oh interesting they they cut the intro a little bit just just a little bit yeah a little bit of trivia maybe we could play it sometime all right all right so there's this group you seem to be ping-ponging tonight you know back and forth between old and new yeah anything else no just the ping-ponging okay old and new yeah, there, I mean, one of the the last time we did this, you had a bit of a complaint about the the emphasis on sixties <laughs> music. No, did I? Well, yeah. Um, I think you know, we, you and I have ongoing tension. I'll just confess to our listeners that that I have always been from the days in my youth when I used to make mixed cassette tapes. Oh yeah, <laughs> been the, <laughs> yeah. The I know where dedi- this is going. Dedicated to the flow of songs to songs to songs, and kind of like a, a you know a good movie director builds the tension. Oh wait a minute, you've like and releases or whatnot, and and you've always said, oh no, random music. You whatever happens happens. Yeah, so. yeah. See, I, that's exactly right. And you've kind of like <laughs> impromptu. You've put the impromptu of of better on your your view because you said a good flow. Good, good. There's like a, a well, value word. 
<laughs> I, it's, it's hard for me to say that you are interested in flow at all. I you're just no... you're just thinking good. Not not flow has nothing to do with it. Well, see, I I do like the so. the the shock to the system that different <laughs> different styles and types of music and genres have. You know, I, but I do get the idea about how you you work your way up. You start like it's going to like. You know, going to prom, right? And the the, the band starts slow, and they kind of, you know, you, and then pretty soon that they, they they're like you're you're, they all of the songs going or making you get out of the dance floor and dance. Well, see, I understand that. That's not what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> and no one listening to us is going to prom. Let's just be honest. Oh well, they may be. You know, we've got a we've got the 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 audience for our music and our show. It's, it's probably from like five to 500 age wise. <laughs> no, probably not 500. Probably not That's 500. That might be hyperbolic. I don't know. All right. So, so as you Returning know. Returning to a musical discussion. As you know, I, I like, and I'm particularly lately very interested in finding albums on major record albums, major record, record labels. companies, labels, by people that you've never heard of. And and so you just imagine so, that like, they put all the <laughs> the emphasis on this, all the money of a big company behind this band. They put out an album, usually like their only album, right? And it and it just goes nowhere. Nowhere. It went like, okay, I guess we missed on that one. So I really enjoy, which is why we get the lion's share of all the profits on the ones that do make it big. <laughs> I I do enjoy finding those records and playing them and trying to find a good cut. That I really like, and it's not just for content for the show. It's just something about it that so I like. So this sounds like a bit of a challenge to our listeners. When and what I think you are implying is, listeners, try and figure out why the record executive thought this <laughs> band was going to get it. Big. I don't know about that. I don't. I mean, they must have some redeeming qualities, right? Well, I mean, you're not going to play anything horrible on this show. No. Yeah. No. So they clearly, I had, vet it. Had something. I vet it. Yeah. So there's this band called Honk. Honk. H-O-N-K. You said you weren't going to play country. It's not country. This came out in 1972, and this, uh, this song is called Another Light. And here we go. Saying it too 
the fellow who writes the mellow contagious strain that's rather yellow. It may be hashy, it may be trashy, but still it's dashy. It gets the cashy. Really clever, it lasts forever. You hear it once? Forget it never, for now we are coming to hanky-panky popular melody days. That is the music, there's no doubt of it. Cut all the cheap cadences out of it. Music to please the gang, with plenty of biff and bang. Music that all the children hum of it, all the composers and glories come of it. It's so ring, that's what brings the popular melody craze. I can understand, understand. Oh, Susan, won't you write another march? Yours is just the melody divine. Now you can have your William tell your Faust and Lowenstrin as well, but I'll take a Yankee Doodle tune for
day. Somebody I'd never heard of before. Neither has Wikipedia. Oh, really? Yeah. I found something about her yesterday. Um, there was a a compilation CD of all her music over several decades. She was not a prolific recorder, recording artist. And But I found something, and they talked about this particular 45. This is like her first one for Capitol. Sam the Man Taylor was the tenor sax player on that, a fairly well-known artist in his own right i like the song yeah good song yeah uh before that we did the blues magoos not so much of a deep cut i think we had blues magoos before on the show have we just because i've heard blues magoos before <clears throat> i i boy if we did it i didn't intend to that would, that would be violating our rule no you just don't play the same song twice well hopefully you didn't play that already maybe we played it at christmas time maybe it was a christmas 45 I just remember the name Blues Well, Magoos. we'll have to do a search. So, the lead singer for that song, 16 years old when it was released. Is that right? <laughs> wow. Let's see what it looks like. See what they look like. <clears throat> Psychedelic lollipop. I hard to tell which. Is it the blonde, maybe? I don't know. Can tell you. Can't tell you. They are psychedelic looking, though, aren't they? Although one critic said they were much more of just garage band sound than psychedelic sound, but. Which, I like both. Yeah. Yeah. I liked their tune, though. That was good. It's a good tune. You'd heard that before. I don't think I had, actually. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well-known. Pretty pretty, pretty popular. Another Light. Was that the one you played, right? What was the name of it? We Ain't Got Nothing Yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, Another Light was Honk. Ah. Yeah. But that skips. There was an oldie in between. Yeah, very old oldie. George Cohen, the, the... what do you call it? The composer of that song, which was uh, I Want to Hear a Yankee Doodle Tune, doing his own version of it on an old, old, old Victor 78, probably from somewhere around 1910, I'd say. Yeah. Over 100 years old, folks. <sighs> right here, right here on Shellac and Vinyl. That's where right. Else, where else are you going to hear consecutively? Uh, 1910 or thereabouts uh, record. You're not. Let's just say you're not. You're not. So why I guess aren't... you could go to the Library of Congress and, you know, play a little... You would have to go out of your way to do it, though. It's not like listening to the... <laughs> it's not That's like right. listening to the radio. That's right. And then we we started that off with 
We started that whole group off with honk, another light. Have you figured out why they are relegated to the nobody knows who they are group? Well, it's interesting. Um, their self-assessment was they were a musician's band and just were never very good at the music business. Mm-hmm. But they uh, opened for several groups for a long time, you know, Beach Boys uh, and others. Um, so, I mean, they, they have probably, I, 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 I would sense that it, in certain music scenes in L.A., they probably are well known, that people know, know who those people were. Yeah, um, you, you know, one thing. I think thing. it might have said that their drummer became the drummer for Chicago in the 90s and played for Chicago for like 30 years. Oh, wow. Not the guy that they had, the Chicago had a, they, they basically excommunicated their drummer here not too long ago, a couple of years ago. Was that the guy? Oh, might have been. It said he played to, through 1918. Oh, excuse me. Uh, 2018? 2018. Oh, that's the guy then. That's <laughs> they the, excommunicated that's the guy. him? For sure. That's the guy. <laughs> they excommunicated. Oh, there's the dog barking. Why would they excommunicate the guy from Honk? It's not him. Tris Imboden is not him. Yes, it is. But I, but it's not the guy in Chicago that I'm oh, thinking of. Oh, okay. He was, the guy I'm thinking of was one of the original Chicago guys. Oh, well, maybe they brought him back when Tris decided to leave. And okay. they said, like, no, there's a reason we haven't played for you for, played with you for 30 years. <laughs> so one of the things about one of the things about these these one one album groups is I like looking at their Oh, they had Honk has like four or five albums. Oh. Well, it's not a one album group then. And they the one you're holding is from twentieth century records, yeah. right? They went yeah. and had two albums with Epic. Wow. And uh some other um, label in there as well. So it's not really, they don't fall within my parameters of... Well, I think they fall within your parameters of few people have heard of them. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, then again, people weren't paying attention when they were opening band for a number of other uh, you know, popular groups. Like Sanford Townshend. Remember the Sanford Townshend band? It's Mr. Your Smoke from a Distant Fire. Right? Yes, yeah. opening for the Doobie Brothers. We've talked That's about right. this. That's we right. We were both, we were both at that show. <laughs> Actually, but no. Different you, shows. Different shows. Yeah, same tour. Same tour. Different right. shows. Yeah. All right. So let's just continue on with, with this great time we're having. This this is kind of a, a novelty song, I think. Maybe. I mean, I'd classify it as a bit of a novelty song. But would they? Who are Who are they? The performers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably his biggest hit. Earl Grant doing House of Bamboo. Who's who's the uh, Electric Avenue? Eddie Grant. That's Eddie Grant. Okay, never mind. I'm going to rock down to Electric, Electric Avenue. Avenue. And then I'll have a House of Bamboo. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that's what it meant. No. Okay, let's, let's hear play it. this. Let's play this. Number 54, the house with the bamboo door, bamboo roof and bamboo walls, they've even got a bamboo floor. You must get to know Soho Joe, he runs an espresso called the house of bamboo. It's a made of sticks, sticks and bricks. But you can get your kicks in the house of bamboo in the 
this casino you can drink a tino and it's got to swing into the cha-cha dance the bolero in the sombrero shake i like a snake you want to drop in when the cats are hopping let your two feet move to the big beat pick yourself a kitten and listen to the patter battle rocks the jukebox i'm telling you When you're blue, well, there's a lot to do in the house of bamboo. to know ha so ho joe he runs an espresso called the house of bamboo in this casino you can drink a chino let your two feet move to the big beat make yourself a kitten and listen to a platter that rocks i'm telling you when you're blue Well, there's a lot to do in the house of bamboo. Number 54, the house with a bamboo door, bamboo roof and bamboo walls. They've even got a bamboo floor in the house of bamboo. Ahoy there, my hearties. <laughs>
song i'm not i heard that song probably 25 years ago by los lobos on a huh. on a on a, a soundtrack lp and i i i don't know where i could get that now but i didn't know where it came from and then sometime along the line in that intervening 25 years i think i did figure out it was fats domino and then wouldn't you know that harvey's dad had the 45 it's a B-side. It is a B-side, yeah. I want to take you home is on the uh, other side, I think. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Something like that. Yeah, that's a fun song. I like. I, I think this is a better song. It's got a little bit more up-tempo. Uh, it charted better. It, it, <laughs> I Want to Be a Wheel Someday yeah, charted better? Yeah, yeah, Interesting. I think so. Yeah. Well, I think so. yeah. And before that, we did um, a group, uh, a jazz-slash-prog group, from Holland called Exception. And and they did a... I a, liked that song a lot. A version of This Here, which was a Cannibal Adderley group song. His pianist at the time was Bobby Timmons, and Bobby Timmons was a co-author of that song, along with somebody else named somebody Hendrix. John Hendrix? I don't know, maybe. John, yes. Or Jan. It's, it was J-O-N. So. Okay. Oh, well, John. I guess Jan would normally be I, J-A-N. Then it, that's Hendrix, <clears throat> Lambert, and Ross. Mm. You, you familiar with that group? No. Okay, it's another jazz it's jazz singing group. Uh, before that, we heard the Varsity 8 doing Popeye. An old, an now, old, that's a novelty song. Definitely a novelty song. Fun, Although, though. maybe not. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Well, I've got a little... How, how far back does Popeye go? Well, that was from 1931, so clearly back to 1931. Just, but he was more popular than Santa Claus, so probably even yeah, before right, then. Right, Yeah. Um, I just... Hmm. Hmm? In, like, comic books? Yeah. 
And cartoons. They had well, cartoons they then. they had cartoons at the turn of the century. I mean, the first, well, the no. first uh, cartoon is Steam, Mickey Mouse. Steamboat Willie. Yeah, but that was in the 20s. Okay. And the flip side of interesting little thing you brought that up, because the flip side of Popeye is a song called Mickey Mouse, I believe. It is called Mickey Mouse by the same group, <laughs> Varsity 8. And okay. It, and, and the discography that I, that I had, that I copied this out of, said that the players from whom the Varsity 8, which is the group that did it, uh, was comprised of included such people as gotta find it now Tommy Dorsey um, and a bunch of other people you've never heard of <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Fields so really it was the varsity uh, Tommy Dorsey and and seven folks from the JV Tommy Dorsey was a <laughs> Tommy Dorsey was a prolific session artist before he became huge in his own right he was one of those Chicago Chicago jazz kids along with uh, Gene Krupa and Dave Tuff and Jimmy Dorsey and a bunch of others you you know this yes yeah uh, let's see what else. And we started with The House of Bamboo by Earl Grant. Fun song. Yeah. All I could find on the Google was a movie called The House of Bamboo. Oh. Well, The House of Bamboo, according to the lyrics, is like an espresso shop. So that takes that, unfortunately, that takes that uh, that record out of our coffee show that we'll do at some point. <laughs> that coffee show we're planning. There is a... I've got... A list of songs about coffee okay. that we're gonna have one. We really will. Yeah, that I'm sensing squeeze postal carriers. We got one like that. You know, we got rain songs with blue in the title. In addition to all our, you know, other. Plans, I'm sorry. Like, were you just suggesting we're gonna have a show on postal carriers? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Please, Mr. Postman. That's sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's all return to sender. There's all good one. I gotta write that one down. Right, return to sender. Okay, write that down. All right, return to okay. Address unknown. Is it gonna be postman or well? Well, that's we a, digress. That's a whole nother story. I mean, you got uh, a whole nother hour. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking. So of, we have wasted another hour of our. Speaking time. of a whole nother hour, <laughs> we're just about at the end of our little endeavor here today. And as you can see, we still have a good-sized pile, so you and I will have to have a secret confer con conference session uh, to determine whether we're going to want to do a third one of these shows. It's well, a I would support it. I, I uh, As you know, I am a uh, history major from college, double major, yeah. but history is one of them. And I've always been very much... Uh, interested in history so i really really like those really old cuts oh wow really um, and here i thought you were giving me a hard time no no I, I really like them well we have plenty more yeah yeah so i i think uh you know another connecticut show where we can play some more really old songs that you will never hear anywhere else well as I, I would absolutely support okay good because there is that one banjo song that i said i was going to play and i didn't it is very very old it's probably it's probably from like 1900. One of the probably got to be like right around 1900. 
All right. I guess the challenge I have to throw out to you is can we get something from the 19th century? There are these there are these records called Berliners, B-E-R-L-I-N-E-R-S, that are from like the 1890s. Very rare, very hard to find. I don't have any. Do they I, play on a regular turntable, they, or do they you have do. to have like an Edison? Or... No, no, they, they they do. They they play on a regular turntable, but I don't I don't have any, so we couldn't do it. I mean, right. you know, I mean, they have cylinders too, and I have a cylinder player, but we'd have to play the cylinder into the to the mic because we couldn't hook that up to the stereo. It's because it's uh, you know an acoustic machine. So we it would be kind of like our road trip, but to your basement. <laughs> We could do that with the Edison, I, with the Edison player. Wouldn't that be bring that? I think we up should. I, I we should just bring that thing up. Carry it up. I don't know up. about bringing it up here. Take that but, down there. Make it a remote show. But we can, yeah, just like do a road trip to guys' basement for, <laughs> for the Edisons and the cylinders. I think that I I would very much like that. Broom Broom mm. is is he's got his hand zip up. Anytime I want to get rid of Edison discs, Broom's got his hand up wanting those suckers. Broom, I hope you're listening to this, and I hope your uh, surgery went well. Uh, okay. It'd be well, nice to see you, Broom. Why don't you take a road trip? He was planning on coming out. I don't know whatever happened to that. I think that was maybe before COVID. Uh, and speaking of COVID, I mean, the world is kind of in a just a dump, isn't it? Everything that's going on right now. Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to edit that out. I don't want to talk about how bad the world's coming apart. Just depressing. Oh, we can just kind of like touch upon it and just say, thank God there's music that we can... You know, leave those troubles behind, if only for an hour and a half at, at one point. Yes. See, so that's, you know, that's kind of how I was going to weave that in. You know, we, oh, you already had a plan. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. You, you leave that in. That's good. And then we're going to play one more song. And and you'll appreciate this because, you know, I'm a big fan of Bing Crosby and Bix Beiderbecke. And here, where could you find one seventy eight record that has both Bix and Bing on the same record? Right here at Shellac and Vinyl, we're gonna end this show. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna. Did you hear? And sorry to digress. No, no, it's okay. And, and did you hear there was a Radio Lab show on NPR recently? I'm gonna say within the last couple weeks about um, psyops in the Vietnam War, and one of the things that they did was produce a recording um, that was supposed to mimic the ghost souls of the Viet Cong that died on the battlefield and how in their cultural tradition, if you don't properly bury the, the body, then their souls are, you know, damned to purgatory or to walk the earth forever okay no i didn't hear about that one so um i I know this seems like a strange tangent um i'm not quite sure how you're going to tie this into bix and bing so (laughs) well the craziest thing in the show is they went off on bing crosby for 20 minutes and i thought like what the heck so it turns out that uh Bing Crosby had a radio show in the late 40s where he was just, you know, the bee's knees. I mean, he was like the number one entertainer. Oh, yeah. Um, And he was uh, doing it for, I'll get this wrong, but maybe it was something like Phillips or something like that. And Bing got tired and said, you know, I'm because it was a live show. Mm -hmm. He says, I am just tired of doing this show every week. Uh, I'm going to do it on tape. Um, 
and uh, so when he went in to negotiate a new contract, he said, "Yeah, I'm not going to do this live anymore. I'm tired of it. You know, it's just too much work. I'm I'm going to tape the shows." And they said, "No." And so he he said, "Well, then I'm not renewing my contract." And so he flipped to another big radio producer or something and indeed the taped shows his his ratings plummet oh interesting. because tape back then was just really bad huh. and people just said it doesn't sound right da, 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 da. anyway anyway it's a really long story i'm sorry i'm hanging in there dude anyway <laughs> <laughs> some guy from world war ii um a sound engineer who happened to be in some I don't know, Army Corps that went into this, this place after it had been conquered, um, discovered these uh, Nazi recording equipment. And so he brought it home. Well, it turns out to be the sophisticated recording equipment that we all know now that allowed things like dubbing and all kinds of stuff without a substantial loss of audio quality. And uh, this guy um, did a demonstration, and when Bing Crosby heard it, he immediately bought the darn stuff. And sure enough, you know, his, ra his radio ratings went through the roof back again. And it was all because it was... Which comes back to the psyops only because of this recording equipment and this recording technology were able to were they able to produce this like really weird, you know it had flange and waver in it so it sounded like a haunted ghost and the only way they could produce that which was with this you know Nazi recording equipment anyway. And where does Bix Biderbeck fit in? It was Bing Crosby, not Bix. <laughs> Bix was not involved at all. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby. Was it a Grundig? Uh, recording system? I think it was. Yeah, I bet it was. I think it was. Yeah, okay. Damn, you already knew. Nope, didn't know, but I had a pretty good feel for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because that was the German, you know, kind of like the top of the line stuff that the Nazis uh, developed. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take it out. <laughs> that was a good story, Chip. Thank you for sharing Sorry that. for digressing. No, it's all right. That's what we're all about here. And if you already listened to the Radio Lab show, I'm far, sorry for wasting your time. Uh, you know, basically what we've done is we've given our audience another five minutes of escapism. Yeah. To, to Before they have to go back to the real world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chip. You've done a service for us all. Yeah. We're still working on denazifying things, huh? Oh, okay. Way to bring it back to real. Way to bring it back to the real world. All right, Paul Whiteman Orchestra. Oh, but we are oh, wrapping up. We are something wrapping special. Up. Paul White Orchestra. Paul Whiteman Orchestra. Whiteman doing the "There Ain't No Sweet Man That's Worth the Salt of My Tears." This is going to be not a believer in the short title. No. So all you who tuned in to listen to us just kind of spew nonsense out of our mouths today, thank you for doing that. We appreciate you, of course, always, and wish we had more time to do more shows, but you get what you get, I guess. We try. We try. Thanks for listening, Chip. Uh, thank you for coming over and adding your your incredible 
insight into the analysis of our in my Google research. And I, well, that's very helpful, and, and, it, and it's a good conversation starter too. But the the highlight, I think, of the thirty-seven shows that we've done is the 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 ghost recordings of the Viet Cong. And this will go down in history. No, the PSYOPs ghost recordings oh, okay. for the Viet Cong. Okay. All right, folks, thank you for listening. Come back the next show, and uh, we'll probably just be as silly next time, too. Thank you all for listening. I'm Chip. I'm Guy. Take care. This is Shellac and Vinyl. <laughs> Like a leaf on a tree that's coming loose from the stem. Shaking like a leaf on a tree because I'm coming loose, my man. I'm like a weeping willow, weeping on my pillow. For years and years, there ain't no sweet man that's worth the soul of my Down and down he dragged me like a thing he nagged me. For years and years, there ain't no sweet man that's worth the salt of my ba da da ba da 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 Although I may be blue, still I'm true. I must tell him goodbye, rather than have that man gonna lay me down and just die. Oh, broken-hearted sisters, aggravated misters, lend me your ears, there ain't no sweet man. That's worth the soul of my ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da